Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Well, before we get into uh, a topic or um, even the song that we could first just check in and open it up and see if there are things that uh, any of you want to bring up, um, explore, ask about, <clears throat> share, share something that might be relevant. Uh, we can take some time with that. <clears throat> so if you first, if you would put on your video, that would be great. And make sure that there's enough light that we can see you. If you prefer not to, of course, that's always an option. Um, and um, if you want to say something, uh, you can just raise your hand in the, I guess it's in the participants um, box. I think you have that down there on the bottom. And there's a place that you can say raise hand and I'll see somebody and then I can call on you and then you can unmute yourself. Right now, everyone is muted except for me. And, uh, but then you can unmute yourself uh, when I see your hand raised. So why don't you just take a moment first and get in touch with what's been going on for you these days. And if there's something you'd like to explore together, um, then again, raise your hand. Don't feel you have to, but if you are, then you might find that uh, somebody else can be helped by that as well. So anything on people's minds? I can't find the raise your hand thing, but I'll raise my hand. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, okay, I see Wendy. Is that Wendy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and also for, for those who aren't familiar with Zoom, if you go in the upper right where it says, it'll either say speaker view or gallery view. If it says speaker view, then you're already in gallery view where you see all the faces or at least one of three pages of 25 uh, faces or so. And if you want to see directly who is speaking, then hit that speaker view and that will uh, just focus on the person who's, who's speaking. So uh, fortunately you're on my first page, Wendy, so I saw your hand raised. And uh, why don't you, uh, why don't you go? Uh, well, I, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just was thinking about how um, there's a lot of fear going around now and um, you don't always notice it as fear. You might feel like urgent. I've been feeling a lot of urgency, which mm -hmm. I think is fear. Mm -hmm. And when I feel urgent, it's all that much harder to meditate because I feel like ah, I have to do something and, you know, be busy. And, and yet it's when you need it the most. So, I don't know. I didn't, I just wondered if you had anything to say about that, I guess. So and let me, let me ask you uh, when you're 
in that space, um, if you could remember, uh, what would be the wise, a wise response in your wiser moments? What would you do? Say you notice that you're getting urgent and stirred up. Uh, what, what would you do? Well, the reliable thing that I've found, the only reliable thing is going for a walk in nature mm -hmm. because it sort of gets my mind off of just, you know, out of the blinders that I'm in. And then I see the world and then I have a bigger perspective. Excellent. So you're touching on a few things. One is when you go for a walk in nature, first of all, you're not just in your head spinning your wheels you're more in your body yeah that too and when you're out in nature there's a bit more spaciousness than just staying in in your room and spaciousness and a wider perspective helps you see things more clearly yeah so i i would i would say uh right on go for Go for lots of walks. This is a time to, as long as you're keeping a safe distance, um, enjoy the walks or whatever else gives you perspective, whether it's listening to a Dharma talk or playing some music that's inspiring or reaching out to a friend. The hard part, though, this is, this is the tricky part, is remembering to do something remembering and just realizing oh i'm getting spun out here oh if you can here's here's one of my main mm, principles of of practice for me when i get stirred up or activated there's a place in me and I invite you to explore this for you that says, wait, there's another way. And it's not like you even have the answer, but there's just something inside that if you listen, you see, oh, there's agitation, there's contraction, and you can feel it in your body. You can feel it in the, in the thoughts that are going on. And that contraction is a clue that says, oh, I need to get a bit more space. I need a wider perspective. Whatever can move from a contraction to even the slightest opening. And don't go for uh, fixing it all and feeling open-hearted and loving the world. And it's, it's first just even knowing, oh, I'm getting stirred up here. Um, and what you might need to do also besides going for the walk or getting that perspective is just acknowledging your, your fear. You know, we've done the self-compassion practice a few times here to just put your hand on your heart and say, wow, I'm going through a lot right now. Mm, wow. Oh, I'm not alone. There's a lot of people in the world going through a lot right now. Uh, let me just hold this with some kindness even to just remember, oh, I need to take care of myself right now. That's the magic to feel, oh, stirred up and have it as a signal to be kind and take care of yourself. So 
you know, the word, the word for mindfulness in, in Pali is sati, S-A-T-I. And the literal translation of that word is remembering. Like the wonderful book, Remember, Be Here Now. But it starts with remembering. And so if you just can remember, oh, I need to take care of myself uh, and have that as a signal getting stirred up, uh, come back to myself and go for the walks. Or you might have a list of five or six things that you can do to, uh, to help give you some space. And you know you are not alone, obviously. I hope you remember that too. Thank okay. you. Yeah. So uh hey Jim. Hi. Howdy. Um one of the things I've noticed um well, with regard to practice, but with regard to everything else also, is I don't have the routines I used to have. And so it used to be that, you know, when I go to work most days. Um, you know, I get up and I, uh, you know, I had my, I meditate on BART. And so there was always just sort of a fixed 15 minutes when I wouldn't be disturbed, um, believe it or not, on BART was not disturbed. Um, and coming home on BART would be not disturbed and it, during lunchtime at work. And, and with other things also, just reading books and, you know, studying or house projects, uh, without having the routine, it takes effort to do everything. And um, I'm sort of probably putting out the same effort towards practice that I used to, but it's not quite as efficient. So it's not quite as, <laughs> not quite as much practice or maybe not quite as, um, it doesn't just sort of happen naturally. So it takes the effort and so it doesn't quite get to, to so, so much. The thing that's uh, easy to do is to glance at the news, right? And see what the numbers are looking like. And, um, and there's, um, you know, I don't know that looking at the news is a bad thing right now. I think it's worthwhile paying attention to what's going on and learning from that. But, um, but it's distracting from the things that are kind of my intention and uh, to practice or to study or to do house projects and things like that. Yeah, you're, you're not alone. I, I'm sure it, it is a kind of strange reality. It's almost like one day melts into another is that, that that feeling comes when you're on retreat sometimes after you kind of settle in and it's like the fourth or fifth or sixth day after a while oh you this is just uh this it's not as distinct one moment blends to another and i'm finding that too it's like oh where did the days go um and one thing that i'm trying to do, I was just talking about it with Jane, and we were both talking about it, is somehow to create some kind of a structure. Uh, doesn't have to be rigid, and you, I think you have to be really flexible and cut yourself a lot of these times, but at least a few things that you're doing each day, like we go for one good walk at least uh, each day, and um, I sit every day and uh we end the day with uh, a, a favorite episode of a of a our our favorite series that just okay we'll end that and just have a, a little bit of lightness at the end and i look at the news and i have my uh my calls but there's it's true there's it's it's a lot less um defined because of those routines so just know you're uh this is this is part of the practice to 
create structure as you need it, and then just allow for, we're all just getting used to this. You know, when I think about it, oh, we are just at the beginning of April and we've got probably a couple of months at least. It could be way longer. It could be four or five or more months. So um, just to see, we'll get into the groove. The human, human organism is an incredibly adaptable uh, species. So I'd say just see what you need and also cut yourself a lot of, a lot of leeway in, uh, in getting adjusted. And I, I have exactly the same mm, uh, question and challenge. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Let's see, is there any other? Uh, oh, Xin Yen, hi. Hi. So nice good to see you. you. Good to see you too. Yes, um, I think you have said a lot of things that, that was on my mind been on what I'm up to. It's a, um, you know, practicing mindfulness has been become a habit for me before all of this happened and all of a sudden, boom, something <laughs> this huge happened. And I was like, what now? Um, I cannot be too fearful and I cannot be not fearful at all. So I've been uh, doing this um, really balancing act uh, that's like, how can I uh, maintain a level of alertness because there is a real danger in the world. And then and then also not watch myself not fall through the worry and uh, anxious space. And so I think uh, at some point I noticed myself being exhausted holding this balance. <laughs> mm -hmm. So one day I was just like, okay, I'm just falling apart. Let me cry and <laughs> give myself the permission um, to cry, to fall apart and be, um, you know, just fully holding that uh, human emotion uh, space. Um, so I find that very helpful. Um, you know, like, um, uh, become that has become a part of my self-compassion uh practice as well you know like as you were just um say just let the breath breathe you and i would just say yeah there's no wrong or right way to breathe and you know the life sustains itself in this breath and it, i i find it uh very beautiful so really really thankful um for tonight mm -hmm. Thank you for, for sharing that. And um, uh, I think it's, it's really good for us all to hear that it's okay to fall apart from time to time and to just let yourself fall apart. The hard part is when you say, oh, I shouldn't be falling apart. Come on, get it together. And then you're adding on, as, as, uh, as it says in the teachings, you're adding on a second arrow on top of the first. There's the, there's the falling apart okay, there's a lot of people that are falling apart or have those feelings, but then it's, oh, I shouldn't be falling apart. I should, I'm a, I'm a practitioner, a Buddhist practitioner, and I should have it all together. Then it's really painful. So to let yourself fall apart, but fall apart consciously as, as best you can. And just sometimes giving yourself the space to fall apart is really the key as one of the things actually I, I was going to share tonight. Um, well, I'll share it now. Uh, I was with 
with somebody on, on Skype uh, who I, um, who's really inspiring, somebody who um, I, I love supporting. She's, she's in charge of the mental health um, department for this huge network in, uh, in Toronto, a huge hospital network. And she's been uh, working with uh, all, the, all the doctors and nurses uh, in this uh, hospital in Toronto and working one, she said one day she went 22 hours and got two hours sleep. Um, and fortunately, and she said, I, I think I need to, to check in and, and, and be able to fall apart. I said, okay, come on, let's, you can fall apart with me. And she, fortunately, she had some sleep the night before we, we spoke a few days ago. And the first thing I did, I said, I've got all the time for you. You'll be, you've been really on the front lines. I want to be here for you. And first I just, I said, tell me what, it, what it's like. And she was talking and really getting it all out from the previous five or six days. And she went on, she just needed to let it all out. And then at some point I said, okay, now let's just stop for a moment and let's, let's feel all of that. It sounds like there's so much that you've been holding. Let's just stop and feel it. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to do anything special. I'm here right, with you, right now with you. Let's just feel it together. And as she quieted down from all the events that she had been sharing, she just had this welling up of many, many feelings being touched by the nobility of, of, of the doctors and the nurses and being um, scared and being sad by the deaths that she was seeing. And there were quite a few. And we just made space for all of those feelings to be there. And we took a while. So let's just stay here. And it was about, hmm, you know, a good five or 10 minutes of, of just holding those feelings. She was holding them and I was there with her. And then at some point I said, okay, now that you've gotten in touch and as I think of it, metabolized all of those feelings, just digested them for a while. Now let's find our center. And we did a, a little bit of a practice, maybe, uh, maybe I'll share it with, uh, with you folks later on, but just finding your center. But she couldn't find her center before she let herself feel all the feelings. Uh, and then she found that center. And then it was, it was inspiring for her to, to then share it with, with others the next day. And, and, uh, and fortunately, she got back to me and said it, it, was, it just made a whole lot of difference to let herself fall apart and be held and, uh, and then get in touch with that place of wisdom inside. So it sounds really, really wise to just let yourself fall apart consciously. Okay, um, let's see, anything else? Yeah. All right, so um, let's go on to our um, topic for the evening. And we'll, we'll start with a song, the, the topic that I thought I'd at least explore together. I'm, I'm calling, uh, calling all bodhisattvas. So to, um, to lead us off uh, 
once again, it's such a pleasure to um, enjoy to have uh, Eve Decker, who's a song songwriter, singer, Dharma teacher, uh, wisdom teacher, who has been with us uh, all of these weeks and uh, share a song on the topic. So, Eve. Hi, James. Uh, you Thank are. you. Hey, everybody. So, um, calling all bodhisattvas. So, the Dalai Lama said, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. And if you want to be happy, practice compassion. And there's a lot of wisdom in stepping towards the bodhisattva path. Not only do we help others, but we align our own hearts with well-being. Trust in the power of generosity And give her a shawl I can't afford while she's gone, I'm the one who stays warm Thinking about that shawl over her shoulders I trust in the power of generosity And give him a $20 bill He stands alone at the intersection That he's given me a sense of connection Was this secret I've Thank you. 
hide likes to stay inside but too much self-concern and i fall apart what's this secret of so much any words if you want to share uh, you're, you're going to be Eve will be with us uh, towards the end as well but uh, I just want to give you a chance if there's any anything that you have to share I, I guess just um, you know it's so beautiful about the Bodhisattva path which you will be speaking about is that you know just really in the last 20 years science has been able to start tracking it <laughs> what are these different components of the bodhisattva path including generosity and there is a whole like center for the science of generosity at the university of notre dame you can find all these studies online this 81 page paper and it's like the results of generosity are very similar to the results around mindfulness and gratitude and compassion all these energies that the buddha taught how how important they are for freedom generosity is the same way it like ups every level of health physical health psychological health relational health it's it's a, one of those superpowers you know and that was the Buddhist first teaching as generosity. It's just, it's just really neat that uh, science is supporting these, these ancient discoveries. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. Yes, and uh, I, I want to give a, a plug that uh, generosity is the, the first song on your commentaries of the perfections of heart. Yeah. Uh, Eve, Eve has, a, has an album why don't you share a little bit about the album? Oh, sure. So I was on a three-month silent meditation retreat, and the teachers on the retreat were teaching the paramis, the ten perfections of the heart that the Buddha taught about. More flavors of love and kindness, right? And, um, and I had an idea while I was on the retreat that I would like to make an album, write songs on all the ten paramis. Then I came back from the retreat and got all involved in life. And then um, with Bonnie O'Brien Johnson, this wonderful local teacher, I took a year-long class called A Year to Live. And I thought if I really only had a year to live, I'd want to make this record. So I got together with friends and wrote the songs and released the album. And uh, so, yeah, Commentary on Perfections of the Heart. It's a great album. Thank you. And generosity is the first song because, as as Eve was saying, it's the first of those ten paramis, uh, even before morality or uh, loving kindness or um, or wisdom. Uh, it's the first thing that the Buddha would teach to lay people because we all can relate to the how good it feels when we 
share. It's both a, an expression of the heart that lets go and the acknowledgement of connection, of the interconnectedness of us, of us all. Um, so that's what I wanted to uh, share a little bit about, particularly um, as we all on this call are probably one way or another um, extraordinarily blessed and privileged to be on a call on Thursday night that you'd want to be sharing the Dharma and you have an internet connection and you know about being quiet and still inside. We're so incredibly blessed. And at the same time, there's, there's so much suffering all around, all the time, but particularly now uh, it's highlighted uh, every day. I, and I heard, I heard two statistics today or two, uh, two predictions from some of the medical community that stopped me in my tracks that, that really made me uh, want to talk about this. One was that I hadn't heard this before. This one um, health uh, uh, expert was saying that they thought that 70% of humanity might get this virus. That kind of astounded me. I don't know if that's so, but it, this is not somebody spouting something crazy. He said, this is quite possible. 70% of humanity and that it will mostly, it hasn't come yet, but it will mostly be in the Southern hemisphere more than the Northern. It just has, has barely reach there. But once it does, as we've been seeing these last few days, there's been more of a focus on the fact that this has um, been felt, the impact has been felt much more on marginalized people than, than others for various reasons, health concerns, the fact that they have to go into work, they can't pass, uh, pass up that paycheck living in crowded conditions, having diabetes and heart conditions and all like that. And when it's when it goes into the southern hemisphere, they don't have the health system that we do. So I'm hoping that that's not so. But the thought of it was was just kind of um, uh, yeah, left me speechless. So as we're here in this fortunate realm, um, I wanted to explore a little bit. And as I do, not to have this overwhelm us, but to little by little be able to take in the facts and here we are holding it together. And what can we do? How um, us fortunate ones, um, not out of guilt, not out of overwhelm, but just um, out of gratitude and joy. So I wanted first to read this. I forget if I read this a few weeks ago, but uh, I've been sharing it with 
with a number of um, people, a number of groups, called Prayer for a Pandemic. This is by the Ursuline Sisters of Louisville. <clears throat> May we who are merely inconvenienced remember those whose lives are at stake. May we who have no risk factors remember those most vulnerable. May we who have the luxury of working from home remember those who must choose between preserving their health or making their rent. May we who have the flexibility to care for our children when their schools close, remember those who have no options. May we who have to cancel our trips, remember those that have no safe place to go. May we who are losing our margin money in the tumult of the economic market, Remember those who have no margin at all. May we who settle in for a quarantine at home, remember those who have no home. As fear grips our country, let us choose love. During this time when we cannot physically wrap our arms around each other, let us yet find ways to be the loving embrace of God to our neighbors. Amen. So, pretty intense. Uh, I know you, you, you come here to sit together and, and be comforted by the Dharma, and uh, I hope that you come away eventually. Uh, feeling that it was good to connect, but we, we have to uh, open up that the Buddha says uh, to the first noble truth that there is suffering in life and there's suffering around. How can we respond? How can we respond without uh, being completely overwhelmed? How can we respond um, without feeling guilt for our good fortune. Because guilt is just another contracted state that gets us confused and keeps us from nourishing ourselves. But out of gratitude for what we are fortunate enough to have, how can that be harnessed into generosity, as Eve was just singing about, rather than what about me? What, how can I take care of myself? Oh, what can I give? And one of my favorite lines is uh, from Shanti Deva in uh, the guide to the Bodhisattva's way of life. He says, uh, when we are truly awakening when we experience the miracle of awakening, it lifts us above poverty into the wealth of giving to life. That there's a, a tremendous joy when we can give. <clears throat> 
And out of that gratitude, one way I think of gratitude is that we've received our blessings and what completes the circuit is that sense of thank you, of gratitude. And in that opening and that extending, we have a joyful heart to give. So this is what I want us to explore. Um, what, what gifts do we have to give? And you might think about, you know, oh, I'm supposed to go, uh, go around and put my, my life in jeopardy or, uh, oh, there's the frontline people, they're doing so much and what about me? That doesn't help. The comparing mind does not help if you see others that are acting noble heroes. Oh, what can I do? Well, first of all, you have your practice to share. As I think we've talked about here in the last few weeks, you have medicine that is vital right now. You have your Dharma practice and have are cultivating some degree of centeredness and peace inside, even beyond the times that you're falling apart, you know that there's a place of peace inside. And that is a tremendous gift, not just to yourself, but to everyone in your life. And so you don't have to go onto the front lines just express your caring somewhere. Just reaching out to some friend who would be uh, so delighted to hear from you, or maybe just checking in on them, or this is a time to reconnect with, with old friends that you haven't seen in ages, especially if you know people in New York. I reached out to one of my oldest friends in, in New York a couple of, uh, actually, was, uh, yeah, two days ago. And I said, hey, hi, I'm thinking about you. How are you doing? And he wrote me this really moving email about our friendship. And um, it touched me so, and I could see he just also just wanted to express acknowledging the connection. You can do that. It's, you don't have to save anyone. Just let people know you care. That's, that's pretty good. It's one of the things about bodhisattvas. It reminds me of um, the Annie Lamott line. She says, um, lighthouses don't have to go running around the island looking for ships to, to rescue. They just stand there and shine. And in a way, if you kind of just let your love shine through and um, touch someone, reach someone like that, um, you're sharing your practice. You're sharing your love. You're sharing your centeredness. You can be there for, for people who are having their own meltdown and just say, oh, I'm right here with you. It's okay, like I did with my, my friend a couple of days ago. This is from uh, Nyosho Kempo, who is a great Tibetan master. He says, 
we're not practicing for ourselves alone since everyone is involved and included in the great scope of this perfectly pure motivation to benefit others. Whatever else we might do in our practice is secondary to that. And if we cultivate this good heart, this altruistic, unselfish attitude, then all strife and struggle will naturally be pacified, purified, and transformed in us and become beneficial to others through contact with that good heart, which we, the bodhisattvas in training, strive to embody. So let me just ask you to reflect for a, a few moments. Uh, just go inside. And first reflect on your good fortune, all the blessings in your life. And rather than guilt, just give a, a big thank you in your heart to life. Just first to acknowledge it as a way of somehow completing that circuit. If you are small and say, oh, I don't deserve it or why me, then you're missing out on the gift that life is giving you. You're not doing your part to receive with graciousness and gratitude. Oh, thank you. And then as you are filled just envision sharing those blessings in whatever way is unique for you. What gifts do I have? What can I do at this time that can make a difference to someone? Lifting up above poverty into the wealth of giving to life. What can I do? And if something comes to mind, if there, you might have a number of things, don't go for grandiosity. Don't go for uh, being a savior. Just in loving to express your care. And envision that maybe in these next few days. And as you have an image, a vision, just get a sense of how good it feels to share from right from your heart.
and perhaps having intention to do whatever you do with that joyful expression of caring. Not guilt, not playing small, not getting lost in overwhelm or meltdown, but letting your loving heart be expressed and letting it touch others. Okay, and I, I don't think I'm going to do breakout rooms uh, tonight. I just uh, first see anything that comes up from from that. Any any reflection? Anything you want to ask about or, or share? You can just see what's what's out there for a little while. Again, you can raise your hand. Okay, going once, whether it's about that or anything around practice. Going twice. Mm -hmm. I know it's a little, it's a little daunting to be on a, on a call with 60 people, but uh, if something wants to come through, last moment. Oh, here's Ellen. Hi, Ellen. Can you unmute yourself and let's hear. Hi. Hi. <laughs> really, hi, James and everyone else. This is really different than talking to everybody's head when we're in the Sangha. You know, it's different seeing everybody's faces, but um, God, now I forgot what I was going to say. Well, um, oh, I do know. I do remember. Yeah, like I think it was last week. It is true. Time all mushes together. But um, one thing I did last week that I think really helped me a lot and helped so many other people after our meeting, after the Sangha, was I think you had mentioned last week about those six questions to ask mm. yourself from greater good science center mm -hmm. i went online and found them and i sent the article out to many people in my life and i was more open than usual about how i'm gonna try this i think this is a good idea and i'm just gonna try it and i think it might help me and maybe you might want to try it too and several people have told me you know how and i've been sharing that so i just want to Thank you for mentioning it, and um, and it did feel really great. You know, it's harder, harder, I feel like, to uh, touch others, literally and figuratively, when I'm so when I'm isolated in my house. But 
being able to share that was was wonderful. No, wonderful. And I ask myself those questions every day now. Thank mm -hmm. you. Oh, wonderful. And here, here are those six daily quarantine questions that uh, that Greater Good uh, came out with. You might not have been on the call last week, or maybe you want to hear it again. One, what am I grateful for today? Two, who am I checking in on or connecting with today? Three, what expectations of quote normal am I letting go of today? Four, how am I getting outside today? Five, how am I moving my body today? And six, what beauty am I either creating, cultivating, or inviting in today? And you can go to daily quarantine questions. They'll probably pop up. Maybe I can put them somewhere on our, maybe I can put them on our website, Inside Berkeley uh, website. So yeah, we, we need to kind of have a little bit of uh, structure and, and vision uh, just to remind us of our, the wisdom inside. Thank you, Ellen. Okay, any, anything else before we go? Um, I noticed that Anya had her hand up. Oh, sorry. Great. Anya, hi. And unmute yourself. Well, let's see. Oh, there it is. I just unmuted you. There you go. Am I on the screen now for people? Yep. I don't. Okay. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi, Anya. So um, I've been uh, doing a deep loving kindness practice every morning, including um, some sound bath practice with bells um, beforehand. And I've um, given myself, we do have more time, some of us luckily have more time these days. So. I give myself an hour to an hour and a half in my bed to explore these things without any distraction. Maybe my dog moving around on my feet or something, but in general, no distraction and very warm and cozy. And um, I've really found this an incredible um, gift to then feel more grounded and and willing and able to give out into the community i am very grateful to continue to be able to teach six of my 11 classes that i had before um, shelter in place so um i um am just um noticing and observing the wonderful balance of um, taking care and nurturing and nourishing myself and how that is echoing out more deeply and peacefully into my people, my, my students and 
um, it's a really hard time and and I'm grateful to be able to help in any way I can. Thank you very much. Now the Buddha actually uh, has a has a teaching where he says um, when you're in the middle of an act of generosity, he says, think to yourself, oh, I'm being generous now. <laughs> this is in, uh, if you're, for those scholars uh, or people who like to look at sources, it's in the Majjhima Nikaya, number 99, where he says, one thinks to oneself, oh, I'm generous. And he says, notice how good it feels. And he, he calls it um, tuning into the gladness of the wholesome. And he says, that gladness connected with that wholesome act, uh, I call an equipment of mind to overcome all ill will and hostility. One gains inspiration in the meaning, inspiration in the Dhamma. So when you find yourself in the middle of a generous act, rather than thinking, oh, well, that's how I'm supposed to be, you know, oh, I'm being a good person now. Okay. He says, no, 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 don't miss it. Just notice how good it feels for generosity to move through you. Not, not with any kind of aggrandizement. Hey, I hope everybody sees how generous I am, but just, Oh, it feels so good. So that can perhaps be a, a practice for you uh, this week when you do find yourself in the middle of a generous act and probably there, there'll be many opportunities. So before we, we go, a couple of things. Uh, I, and, and Eve's gonna end with a, with a song. Um, one is that um, I... Uh, last week, I shared with uh, with people about uh, you might donate to the Alameda County Food Bank. And thank you so much for uh, for your for that generosity. And I thought this week a, a few people had said, "Oh, okay." And what about Donna? And I'll just put it in the the chat room that if you did want to offer Donna, um, I'm going to put it in the chat room right now. Uh, my PayPal is James Barra's activities at Gmail, James Barra's activities. So I wanted to read to you one other piece that I've been finding very, very inspiring. Um, and it's by Jack Cornfield. Uh, it, it's, um, it's not short, but it's, it's one of the most beautiful things that I you know, he's, he's written so many beautiful things, but this is a, an extraordinary piece. I wanted to share it with you. If you haven't seen it, you can probably just Google it too. It's called The Bodhisattva Responds to the Virus. Dear friends, we have a choice. Epidemics like earthquakes, tornadoes, and floods are part of the cycle of life on planet Earth. How will we respond? How will we respond? With greed, hatred, fear, 
and ignorance, this only brings more suffering. Or with generosity, clarity, steadiness, and love, this is the time for love. Time for bodhisattvas. In Buddhist teachings, the bodhisattva is someone who vows to alleviate suffering and bring blessings in every circumstance. A bodhisattva chooses to live with dignity and courage and radiates compassion for all, no matter where they find themselves. This is not a metaphor. As bodhisattvas, we're now asked to hold a certain measure of the tragedy of the world and respond with love. The bodhisattva path is in front of us. The beautiful thing is we can see bodhisattvas all around. We see them singing from their balconies to those shut inside. We see them in young neighbors caring for the elders nearby. In our brave healthcare workers and the unheralded ones who stock the shelves of our grocery stores. As a father, if she called me, I would fly to the ends of the earth to help and protect my daughter. Now she and her firefighter paramedic husband and my toddler grandson await the virus. His urban fire department, like many hospitals and first responders, does not have masks. 80% of their work is emergency medical calls and they all expect to get the virus. They will not be tested because the department can't afford to lose too many of their firefighters. What can I do? What can we do? In this moment, we can sit quietly, take a deep breath, and acknowledge our fear and apprehension, our uncertainty and helplessness, and hold all these feelings with a compassionate heart. We can say to our feelings and uncertainty, thank you for trying to protect me. I'm okay for now. We can put our fears in the lap of the Buddha, Mother Mary, Kuan Yin, place them in the hearts of the generations of brave physicians and scientists who tended the world in former epidemics. When we do, we can feel ourselves part of something greater, of generations of survivors in the vast web of history and life, being carried, as the Ojibwa elders say, by great winds across the sky. This is a time of mystery and uncertainty. Take a breath. The veils of separation are parting and the reality of interconnection is apparent to everyone on earth. We have needed this pause, perhaps even needed our isolation to see how much we need one another. Now is the time to add our part. The Bodhisattva deliberately turns toward the suffering around to serve and help those around in whatever way they can. 
This is the test we've been waiting for. We know how to do this. Time to renew your vow. Sit quietly again and ask your heart, what is my best intention, my most noble aspiration for this difficult time? Your heart will answer. Let this vow become your North Star. Whenever you feel lost, remember, and it will remind you what matters. It is time to be the medicine, the uplifting music, the lamp in the darkness. Burst out with love. Be a carrier of hope. If there is a funeral, send them off with a song. Trust your dignity and goodness. Where others hoard, help. Where others deceive, stand up for truth. Where others are overwhelmed or uncaring, be kind and respectful. When you worry about your parents, your children, your beloveds, let your heart open to share in everyone's care for their parents, their children, and their loved ones. This is the great heart of compassion. The Bodhisattva directs compassion toward everyone, those who are suffering and vulnerable and those who are causing suffering. We are in this together. It's time to reimagine a new world, to envision sharing our common humanity, to vision how we can live in the deepest, most beautiful way possible. Coming through this difficulty, what we intend and nurture, we can do. In the end, remember who you are is timeless awareness, the consciousness that was born into your body. You were born a child of the spirit, and even now you can turn toward the awareness and become the loving awareness that witnesses yourself reading and feeling and reflecting. When a baby is born, our first response is love. When a dear one dies, the hand we hold is a gesture of love. Timeless love and awareness is who you are. Trust it. Dear Bodhisattva, the world awaits your compassionate heart. Let's join in this great task together. So you might have your own Bodhisattva vow, your personal vow. Let's see what moves you, your own personal intention to share from your caring heart.
Okay, so we can <clears throat> end, Eve, if you would, with a, a song to uh, dedicate our coming here together. May every living be our minds as one and radiant with light. Share the fruits of peace with hearts of goodness, luminous and bright. If people hear and see how hands and find in giving unity. May our minds awake to great compassion, wisdom, and to joy. May kindness find reward. May all who sorrow leave our grief and pain. May this boundless light meet the darkness of our sacred night. Because our hearts are one, this world of pain turns into paradise. May all become compassionate and wise. May all become compassionate and wise. Thank you, Eve. And may our coming here together, all the goodness that comes from it, may it be shared with all beings and this planet as well. Okay, Bodhisattvas, go team. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.